Mediated Conversation on SAFM. 28 minutes to 9 the time. Good morning. Time for your Mediated Conversation this morning. One of the most difficult problems our society has to deal with is that occasionally a parent, normally a mother, will feel that they have to abandon the baby that they've given birth to. It's a symptom of so many failures in our society that this happens. But we know from the number of babies, and I'm afraid to say often the number of dead babies, who are found in pit latrines, in dustbins, sometimes just on the side of the road, that people abandon their babies. And it must be because they feel they have no option. Some people will just not be able to feed their children. Some will come from families or communities that will simply not accept that they have had a child. And others, as we know, are so desperate that their option is either to abandon the baby or something worse, like we've seen with mothers recently in the Eastern Cape. One of the measures which has been implemented by NGOs over the last 30 years, not just here, but in many other places, is to use what are called baby savers. So these are places where someone can take a baby, leave the baby in a safe place, without having to explain to someone why they're doing this. There are different forms that this can take. Often, a baby will be placed in a baby saver. An alarm is triggered to tell a healthcare worker to come and fetch the baby. It's cared for. It's taken to hospital and looked after after that. As a result, that baby is almost guaranteed a chance to grow up and perhaps be adopted and to grow up and live their life. However, it's now been reported that the Gauteng Department of Social Development has issued a directive that these baby savers are illegal. As has been reported in Daily Maverick, the reasons given for this are that the parents have a responsibility to look after their children and that if a child is left in a baby saver, it's denied a right to a name, family and cultural identity. So then why is this happening and what is the best approach? Well, we were going to start this morning with an NGO called Baby Saver South Africa. Unfortunately, that person uh, has been dragged away from us. Luke Lamprecht has had to, uh, to go and attend to some emergency. Luke Lamprecht is the advocacy manager for men and women against child abuse and has agreed to speak to you to stand in. From the Gauteng Department of Social Development, Yvonne Dienerin is the is responsible for children protection services at the Gauteng Department. Yvonne's asked to go first because she also has to leave us very urgently. And Dr. Shahida Omar is the clinical director of the Teddy Bear Foundation. We'll start then. I had a, a plan to put Yvonne Diener in at the very beginning, in, in the middle of this, to sort of balance things out. But unfortunately, she'll have to go first. Yvonne Diener, the children responsible for Children Protection Services in the Gauteng Department of Social Development. Good morning. Good morning, sir, and good morning to your listeners. Why have you decided baby savers should be illegal? All right. Yeah, I think I think the, the, the matter has been receiving a lot of attention in the media space. So I'm not going to go into the details of why there is a baby savers and baby boxes. Essentially, the Department of Social Development is saying that this practice is unlawful. Now, what we've done as custodians of the Children's Act 38 of 2005, it's very prescriptive. It explains exactly how do we manage children that have been abandoned in terms of the Children's Act? Now, the process that Baby Savers is actually adopting is where we are saying moms who wish to relinquish their children, uh, p- uh, put the baby in the baby basket at a child and youth care center or at a private temporary safe care home. We're saying just the, just the, 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 dropping of the baby in the box becomes unlawful because a CYCC or a child in youth care center cannot accept children out of the communities. Basically, there has to be a legal order that confirms that the child can be placed in a CYCC. Further to that, we're saying private temporary safe care homes need to be assessed. They need to be vetted against the National Child Protection Register as well as the National Sexual Offences Register in order to make sure that they are able 
to take the children in line with what the act is prescribing. Now, we are always saying to baby savers is, we have a child protection system. Let's try and strengthen that child protection system who are made up of various stakeholders. Now, the department is funding, for instance, 93 child protection organizations. These organizations are designated, meaning they render a basket of services to families, to communities to be able to say, let's receive the child through the child protection system in these child protection organizations. In addition to that, after hours is when a mom will decide it's too overwhelming for her and she wants to relinquish her baby. That is not a problem. The Act makes provision for mothers to relinquish their responsibility. But all we are saying is let's do it the proper way in line with the Children's Act and through child protection system. Another key stakeholder is our Department of Health because most moms give birth in hospitals. Now, we're saying that the hospital has hospital social workers. They have a protocol. Should a mom decide, I don't want the baby, I cannot afford the baby, and safely relinquish the baby and her responsibilities in the health facility. And if all else fails, then mom can also approach South African police services. Now, the issue that was raised is um, mom wishes to remain anonymous. Now, unfortunately, if you look at the Children's Act, it is so clear it says that the child's best interest is of paramount importance what that means to you and i is the child's interest supersedes everybody else including that of the rights of the mother to remain anonymous but we're saying mom if we know the situation out there we know the social issues you are being faced with relinquish your, your child safely the last point that i would like to make is what we've noticed in, in Gauteng province, there is a trend that is emerging where children are placed in adoptions. Now, that's, that's where we may say, abandoned child, let's give the child a better life in adoption. What we're seeing now is that 10, 11 years later, when a child who has had a mom who abandoned the child because of maybe having drugs while she was uh, being pregnant, engaged in alcohol and substance abuse, 11 years or 10 years later, the adoptive parent is now approaching the children's court and saying, I don't want the child. The child has uncontrollable behaviors. The child has severe uh, behavior conduct okay. disorder. I'm sorry, Yvonne, and, uh, I, Yvonne, I've let you speak for some time and I don't think we're talking sure, here at all sure. about what happens 10 or 11 years down the line. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking no, about, just, uh, uh, Yvonne, I, I, I'm, I'm yes, sorry, I'm yes. going to put terms on this, okay? Sure, um, sure, what, sure. what we are talking about is you, you, you've quoted extensively from the Act, okay? That's fine. Yes. I understand that you have a responsibility to, to do that. It seems to me that people mm. now are abandoning babies in pit latrines on the side of the road. Okay, in other words, we understand, we know that there are some people, some mothers, I'm, off, I'm presuming often very young mothers, actually, who mm. are mm. desperate. No one wants to do this. They're desperate and they don't want to face a person when they do it. And I mean, throughout humanity, people will talk about doorstep children. You find it in every mm. society, right? This happens. So what we need sure. to do, and you quoted the law correctly, of course, that the guiding principle is what is best for the child. That must be correct. Sure. So does that not mean we need to ensure that there are safe places 
where people can abandon a baby. And because we need to understand the position that these young women are in, it's generally women, that they need to be anonymous places. I don't like that, but it is still better for the children mm. that that is the case. Can we accept that? All we're saying is relinquish your responsibilities as a mother. But do it in a safe space but, within but that's what I'm the saying. child protection system. Hold on, hold on, pro- okay, hold sure. on. A baby saver is a safe place. Yes. I started off by saying the baby saver concept is within child and youth care centres. Already at that point, child and youth care centres cannot accept babies from communities directly. It must go via the children's court. Similarly, I mentioned if a child gets placed in a private temporary safe care, again, the act is not being followed as per the prescriptions of the act because private temporary safe care Parents need to be vetted, they need to be screened, and they need to be affiliated to a child protection organization. Not anybody can just become a, a baby, sure. have a but baby these, save a box. But these people are registering the children. It's not like government doesn't know they exist. They go to a hospital, they, they will be registered there. We're not talking about some sort of secret trade in which people don't know what's happening. Government is aware of them, Yes. No, that is the problem. All the babies that are coming via baby savers, that is what we are trying to establish. How many babies were abandoned through baby savers? Let's take a period from April to October this year. How many babies have been abandoned through baby savers? First point. Second point would be how many of those babies, what is the current legal status of those babies? Because in accordance to the Department statistics, we have noted for the period April to September, only 13 babies were abandoned. So I'm asking the question to baby savers is, where are those thousands of babies that you say are being abandoned? Where are they? What is the current legal status? of these babies. Thank you, sir. Okay, Yvonne, please call me Stephen. My name is Stephen. (laughs) Please don't call me sir. Um, Here's the thing, right? Okay, so Mm. I don't think that a 15-year-old woman, 15-year-old teenage girl, cares about Mm. the law when they're in this position. They are utterly desperate. And the, the, the thing that we have to absolutely avoid is children being abandoned with no care. Right, so we have to absolutely Correct. avoid uh, the put latrine story, the other stories, the some of the horrific things that we've seen. So we have to avoid that, and it would seem to follow to me, from what I know, and I'm not an expert. You are, some of our other guests are. It would seem to follow for me that the way to do that is to make baby uh, savers as difficult as this is, to make them available and to make them safe and to make them registered with you and to make that registration process, by the way, very easy so that you're aware of what's going on. You can have a video feed, whatever it is that you want. But would you agree that we need to make them available and we need to make them uh, freely available so that we stop children being abandoned on the side of the road? I think what is important is that we need to engage baby savers. And what we've done up until now is we've been engaging through the media with baby savers. For me, that is an important point. Again, location of the baby saver boxes. Where exactly are they? they Ivan, I understand that that's important. But do you agree with my main point that they need to be available and freely available? 
baby savers. Yes. No, we're saying relinquish your child within the child protection system. To a 15-year-old girl, she's already failed by the child protection system is my point. Baby savers, we are going to have mums that are going to abandon their children. That's the reality of the current society. Why not take it from a different angle and say, let's empower, because we're making provision of services within even a school environment, family environments, through our organizations that we're funding in our communities. What about strengthening and empowering and giving enough information? So even that 15-year-old child, teenager can make a decision when it comes to the well-being of the baby that's what we're saying let's but, but empower your systems people have with failed. enough information your systems have failed already i realize they're failing in a very difficult society and the load is too high but what i'm trying to say is on what basis do you think that there's a better system that government will be able to do if it can't do it now it's not just government system it's about working together with our npos in strengthening the child protection system. That's why we fund 93 child protection organizations with the aim of being an extension of government. Government cannot do this alone. You are absolutely right. We need the partners. We need to create awareness and we need to get down to every community and empower them with information so that they are able to make better informed decisions when it comes to the care and protection of children. Every single one of us. Yvonne, thank you very much indeed for your time. Yvonne Dienerin is responsible for Children Protection Services at the Gauteng Department of Social Development. You with SAFM, 14 minutes now to nine. Continue your mediated conversation around baby savers. Luke Lamprecht is the Advocacy Manager for Women and Men Against Child Abuse. Luke, good morning. I appreciate you stepping in at the last minute for us. That's a pleasure, Mr. Kratis. How do you feel about the baby saver issue? How important are they? Look, I think everything that Yvonne said is uh, is correct. I think that none of us want babies to be relinquished to people who are, number one, not vetted, not following the law, uh, trading in babies for adoption. So I don't think anybody has an issue with that. I think what people are not looking at is the fact that the point you made is probably the most critical point. So I did my, well, I'm still doing my Master of Sciences research at the Department of Forensic Pathology, and I'm looking at the missing child murders in the city of Johannesburg. And these babies that you refer to that are essentially abandoned for death. And I think when the when the law criminalized abandonment, I think they were clearly directed at people abandoning their children for death, not safely relinquishing them because they don't feel they can access government services for various reasons. Foreign nationals, the shame of being a, a teenage uh, mother, many, many complex reasons. But in addition to these babies being abandoned for death, you know, from these late-term termination of pregnancies, the guys who advertise on the street poles, those babies are being discarded near health services. So the, the fact that there are health services there, the question is why are, because even mentioned, we need to, the, the mothers need to access health services, but they choose not to. Why do they choose not to? And the, the second element, which is the most disturbing part for me, is that some of these babies who are abandoned for death have not been left 
to die. They've been murdered. So in other words, they have um, skull fractures, blunt force injuries, cracked ribs, etc. So it's not that they've just been abandoned because they've been terminated and you sort of getting rid of the, you know, the terminated fetus. These are babies up to the age of sometimes as, as much as six months. Sure. Um, I suppose the, the question is, what would happen if all of these baby save, if most of these baby savers were closed or the number was reduced? Would that lead to more children dying in the longer run, do you think? And I realize that can be hard to assess. No, look, there's no way of saying that for sure. But the the thing I can tell you from the city of Johannesburg is you take the statistics from, for example, one of the baby savers in the city of uh, Johannesburg in Hilborough, where I work, and they will receive, say, three babies um, in the in the baby saver, two from the police and one from the hospital. Let's say six, let's say five, six babies. The mortuary will receive 20. So the, the truth is that there are still more babies dying than babies being saved. So in fact, there is not sufficient of any service to save these babies, whether it's baby savers, child protection organizations, um, agencies that deal with uh, preventing teenage pregnancies. I mean, these children really are just, uh, are, are just the face of the failure of our entire reproductive health system and uh, family planning in this country. Uh, did you mean to say, Luke, um, uh, I don't know if you meant a month or, or, or a year, that for every six children of us that are saved, probably 20 corpses of children are found? A month sure. in Johannesburg. Not a year. No, a month. <laughs> the other aspect of this, of course, is that baby savers only work if people know that they're there. So if uh, a Gauteng department were to say that these can no longer function, people may still keep them operating, but they won't advertise them, which will have the same effect. Oh, un- un- undoubtedly. I mean, the, you, you know, the thing about the idea that um, relinquishing a baby safely is tantamount to the um, abandonment of a child on the street for death uh, is, is just the two cannot equate to each other. I do, I do absolutely agree that the baby savers need to follow the law, children need to be registered, they need to not traffic these children via private adoptions for them to get sent overseas. I agree with all of that. But I think that that, that is a smaller element of the bigger problem. And Stephen, I don't want to sort of be disparaging to to some some of the mothers you have been very compassionate towards, but I, I believe that some of these pregnant mothers, for lots of reasons, trauma, rape, blesses many many complex reasons i don't actually believe that they care about those children because they've discarded them and they they have in some instances actively murdered them so i mean the 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 concept of a, a country or in my case a city where i work where children's births are not celebrated and their deaths not mourned is tragic because those mothers who don't care about their children that they either abandon for death or murder, there must have been something in their childhoods and then been raised where they can't attach to children they give birth to. Luke Lamprecht, thank you. Uh, from men, Women and Men Against Child Abuse. In a moment, Dr. Shahida Omar. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Continuing your Mediated Conversation this morning at uh, five minutes to nine around baby savers. Dr. Shahida Omar is the clinical director of the Teddy Bear uh, Foundation. Dr. Omar, good morning. It's a very distressing topic on so many different levels. There are many elements to it. 
when a person decides they have to abandon a baby, what kind of position are they in? So I think you raised such a critical issue. One needs to look at the intention behind the act. These, these persons, these mothers are desperate. They are so desperate, they're frustrated. They actually have no recourse to any kind of support. So, you know, the dumping of a baby, we understand it's illegal. But if we look at these mothers are actually trying to protect their babies because the situation is rather complex. If we look at unintended consequences, we are working with a lot of teen mothers, child pregnant learners who have found themselves in very compromising situations. And I think my learned colleague alluded to the family planning, sexual reproductive health and rights circumstances where these mothers have actually been turned away, frowned upon, the stigma, the humiliation, the fear of reprisal uh, by going to uh, legal uh, law enforcement. So if we look at the situation, it is so complex. It's not a clear-cut answer. But the most important thing here is that the mothers want to save the lives of these babies and therefore go to baby savers. So this is an essential service. I agree with what Yvonne Devner-Ryan from so, uh, Cha- uh, Department of Social Development spoke to. It's about protecting children. But I think if we work in partnership with civil society, NGOs, people like Baby Savers work in collaboration with DSD, there's better hope for children to live because the right to life is what we're focusing on. And as Luke alluded to, there's so many deaths of babies. In order to protect and prevent and promote the best interest of children, it is something that we need to look at more closely and to understand that these are not villains. These mothers are not murderers. They're not deliberately doing this. They're doing it because they don't see out. They don't. They don't have any options or choices or alternatives available for them to seek a better life for their baby. Dr. Omar, it seems to me um, that that any person who's making this decision is probably making it alone. We're talking about a young woman who is feels that they are alone. And I mean to say that you can't use a baby saver or that we're going to reduce the number of baby savers available. I don't know what the consequences of that would be, but I can't see that the consequence of that would, would make it easier for these young women. Absolutely not. If we look at the consequences, the potential implications of leaving babies in the felt, you know, in, in latrines, in uh, derelict places, there's definitely going to be more death than right to life. And I, even looking at the mental health of the mother, uh, a lot of them are children themselves, are teenagers, and then to live through this guilt for the rest of their life, the mental health being compromised and always having this sense of, having abandoned this baby and not having to uh, deal with it. So I think we need to appreciate and understand that working together, working and engaging, because I I do believe that there are opportunities if social development not only works with NGOs or or organizations and affiliation of baby savers, but also listening to the mothers out there, teen mothers, speaking to them, because we know there are cases of rape and, and abuse, and we cannot dismiss or discount it. We're out of frustration, out of anger, out of humiliation, the sphere of stigma. These babies are abandoned because in working with these child pregnant learners, we've learned that they've hidden uh, the pregnancy from their immediate family till the end, where they were desperate 
And these are the realities we have to be aware of, that we cannot dismiss what is actually happening on the ground. Dr. Shahida Omar, thank you so much. Clinical Director of the Teddy Bear Foundation, really appreciate the time. My thanks also to Luke Lamprecht, uh, the Advocacy Manager for Men and Women Against Child Abuse. And starting us off today, Yvonne Dienerin, responsible for Children Protection Services at the Gauteng Department of Social Development. Well, I'm sure you'll have views uh, on that. Very difficult issue, as I said, baby savers at the moment. and also just gets to the heart of many, many difficult things that we actually see in our society at the moment. Well, there's a lot more to come. Cathy is, of course, next.